My parents' paths first crossed in a museum on 23rd Street in New York. It was Lincoln's birthday, 1908. Eugene Meyer, who was 32 years old, had been in business for himself for only a few years, but had already made several million dollars. Agnes Ernst, just 21 and a recent graduate of Barnard, was strikingly beautiful. She was earning her own living and helping to support her family as well by her freelance work for a newspaper, The Old New York Sun. She was also interested in the art world, which was what brought her to the exhibit of Japanese prints. Both her interests and her work were unusual for a woman in those days. On his way down to Wall Street, my father, who was driving a Stanley steamer, one of the earliest automobiles, noticed an acquaintance whom he didn't especially like. But Edgar Kohler looked frail and dejected, and my father felt sorry for him, so he offered him a ride, mentioning that he was going to stop off at a Japanese print exhibit. Kohler decided to accompany him. Going into the gallery, they met two friends coming out who assessed the exhibition this way. There's a girl walking around who's better looking than anything on the walls. Once inside, Kohler and my father immediately spotted her. A tall young woman with fair hair and blue eyes, clearly strong, dynamic, and self-assured. My mother always remembered what she was wearing that day because she felt that her costume, as she called it, had played a part in her destiny. She must have been quite a sight in her gray tweed suit and small squirrel cap adorned with an eagle feather. My father, on seeing her, said to Kohler, That's the girl I'm going to marry. Are you serious? Kohler asked. To which my father responded, I was never more serious in my whole life. Kohler, supposing that they'd never run into her again, suggested that my father speak to her. No, that would offend her and spoil everything, my father replied. The two men then agreed that whoever subsequently might meet her first would introduce her to the other. Just a week later, Kohler called my father and said, Guess what happened? You met the girl, was the ready answer. Damn you, I did, Kohler responded. He had been to a party at the home of one of Agnes's Barnard classmates, where they were giving an amateur performance of The Merry Widow, in which my mother was playing Count Danilo. When she appeared after the performance, out of costume, Kohler realized that she was the girl from the art show. He introduced himself, told her about the pact with my father, and arranged a lunch for the three of them. My father's friend had fulfilled his pledge by introducing Eugene and Agnes to each other. On Lincoln's birthday in 1910, two years to the day after Eugene had first seen Agnes in the gallery, they were married. When I look back over my long life, if there is one thing that leaps out at me, it is the role of luck and chance in our lives. From this particular string of accidental happenings, all the rest followed. My father came from a distinguished Jewish family with roots going back many generations in Alsace-Lorraine, France. It was a family that numbered many rabbis and civic leaders. Jacob Meyer, my great-great-grandfather, who was awarded the Legion of Honor, had actually been a member of the Sanhedrin, the college of Jewish notables called by Napoleon I 
in connection with recognizing the rights of Jews as citizens. My paternal grandfather, named Mark Eugene Meyer, but always called Eugene, was born in 1842 in Strasbourg, the youngest of four children by his father's second wife. When his father died, his mother was left penniless, and Eugene could stay in school only until the age of fourteen. Then, as his siblings had already done, he went to work to help support the family. He first worked for two Bloom brothers, who owned one store in Alsace and another, improbably, in Donaldsonville, Mississippi. And when one of young Eugene's bosses said he was going to America, my grandfather decided to go with him. In Paris, on the way, he was introduced by Bloom to Alexander Lazard of the firm of Lazard Frere, who gave him an introduction to their San Francisco partner. Eugene traveled to New York on the fastest boat going, a sidewheeler, for a third-class fare of $110, leaving Europe in September 1859. From New York, he took a steamship to Panama, crossed the Isthmus by rail, and then caught another steamer to San Francisco, at that time a city of 50,000 or so people. He spent two years there, learning English and saving a little money from his job at an auction house, until in 1861 he moved to Los Angeles, where a cousin of the Lazards was said to need a clerk for his store. As described by Eugene himself, the town was made up of only three or four thousand inhabitants, mostly foreigners. There were four brick houses, the rest were adobe with roofs that cracked. There were no paved streets or sewers. The water for both drinking and irrigation came from ditches. My grandfather stayed in Los Angeles for the next twenty-two years.